Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Okay, what's up, party people, beautiful people that are here today? Um, I'm excited to be with you guys, and today's a day of celebration because every time the body of Christ gets to get together, it's a day of celebration. And I think that sometimes we can get kind of in this rut that, oh, life's hard and difficult. You're right, it is hard and difficult, but last time I checked, we were dead in sin, and now we're brand new and made alive. And Jesus said, it is finished, and we have the victory, and that is worth celebrating. And so... Okay, that was a golf clap. That is worth celebrating. Somebody. The series Forever Me, really unpacking the way you see God and his identity will shape and influence your whole entire life. The way you think God sees you will shape and influence how you act in this world. If you think God is always disappointed and that's how he sees you and he enters the relationship in a place of judgment, it's God's goodness and his kindness that leads us to change. And that's so exciting because as we find and we discover that reality, now we want to be obedient. In fact, Apostle Paul writes, he says, where grace abounds should sin abound. No, 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 no. Like where there's grace, there's obedience. Because once you recognize what you've been forgiven of, you want to then obey. Jesus says, come follow me, and we're supposed to make followers of him and teach them to observe all that he has commanded us. And so what in essence is this? Jesus isn't just the God that says, hey, uh, you do what I say. He's like, come and watch, and let's be in this relationship, and along the way, I will teach you. And those are the better relationships. Those are the teachers that, you know, you get experience. There's a difference between sitting in a lecture setting, okay, lecture setting, and then being in a lab. A lab is something to experience. And even though today you have have a, a podium, if you will, but this is experiential. This is a lab. You are meant to be interactive with God. You can ask the Holy Spirit right now where you're at any question. There's three conversations that are going on. The first one is this. You're having a conversation with me about what I'm saying. The second one is this. You're having a conversation about with God about what I'm saying. And the third conversation is this. You are uh, having a conversation with yourself about how you're processing it, and all these things are always taking place in today. And one of the best things that I think we can do is to really experience, to say, okay, this is me. God, take me as I am. And then he transforms you into his likeness and his image. And that is so, so beautiful. Who here likes Christmas? Anybody like Christmas? I had this love-hate relationship. As a kid, I used to stay up super late, you know, thinking, Santa's coming. You know, we've got to get this thing ready. It's going to be epic. In fact, one time I'm laying, and I had a bunk bed, but it was just the top bunk, and underneath it I had a drum set. The, the skills I have for playing drums, they, they peaked when I was eight. And so as good as I was at four, as good as I was at eight, and as good as I am now at 38 was when I was eight. And one Christmas, I couldn't fall asleep because, you know, you're trying to fall asleep. You're thinking about what you're going to get or whatever. And maybe you didn't have this experience. And, and as I got older, though, I realized, well, we, we were check to check, and, and, and mom was doing everything possible just to make put a smile on our face for one day, right? That kind of vibe. And so we would put so this high priority on Christmas in that day and, and what type of gift we would get. And I was staying up late one night, and, um, around Christmas night, and I'm, I'm leaning over in the bunk bed, and I want my cat to come up. And I had, I had a cat, and I want my cat. I was like, come on, come up. Maybe the cat, you know, will, will sleep and hang out, and he'll purr, and I'll go to sleep, right? Whatever. And um, I'm not a cat or a dog lover now, for the record. So just, just wherever you're at, you're like, you're a cat hater? I'm both haters. So anyways, so um, and 
Um, but, but I put my arm in the thing and uh, this, this little ledge to, to kind of bend over and try to get the cat. And then I flipped and I was hanging by my arm on the bunk bed Christmas night. I was like, oh, God. Oh. And my arm was all, all, all stretched. And, and, and the point I'm telling you that is there's just no point other than Christmas, okay, and Santa. Because when you get Santa, you get to get up you know, on his lap and you get to ask him a question, right? And it's, you can ask anything you want. You can write him a letter. And the way you kind of respond to Santa, now, if you move the N to the N, it's Satan, and that's another conversation. I don't believe that for the record, but uh, some people do. But you have this experience that you can get on Santa's lap and you can ask him a question. If you could ask God any question, what would it be? If you could ask him for anything, how would you ask? And I think some of us, we've started to um, kind of, I guess, downplay how we ask and what we ask and maybe our prayer life because we've been disappointed with the results. And today I hope that you will see that you can ask big and you can ask again, and you'll get a new lens of, of how the Father wants to engage with you, and he wants you to really ask him. He really does. He wants you to talk to him. In fact, you get to ask him anything you want at any given time. But how we ask him and when we ask him, I think there's some context. And we're going to Matthew chapter 7 to look at this amazing portion of Scripture. In Matthew chapter 7, what that is is just an address. It's, it's a map. It helps you know in reference of this whole Scripture that was written without addresses. So it gives you a place that you can pinpoint and to invite you in so you can start to get um, some memorization and, and for easy reference and to think it'd be really hard to be in a library without the Dewey Decimal System. And so what, what godly Christian leaders decided was that we should give addresses for Bible verses, okay? And so let's not pass that, and, and let's not also be above that to, to be sensitive enough to know that there's some people here today that, you know, we just belligerently say, we're going to the Bible, and they're like, okay, where's that at? What's this at? So this would be the New Testament. It's on the second half side. It's a little, it's not as big. And you can also do this on BibleGateway.com. We're picking it up from verse 7. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you for everyone who asks and receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask it's almost as if God's waiting. Just ask. <laughs> Will you ask? You've heard this said where there's no such thing as a dumb question until you ask a dumb question. <laughs> Be in the room when you ask a dumb question and see if there's no such thing as a dumb question. Right? The teacher, you're going to find out where they're at with this. There's no such thing as a dumb question. And you'll also find out where the room's at with this, by their stares, by the way you feel. And we try to model this. We say when you're in dream mode for any type of, uh, if you're in dream mode for any type of meeting, so in, in, we, we, in any pr uh, production phase, we always, whether it's a series or anything, we always have a dream stage where there's no dumb idea, there's no dumb question, and then we move into logistics and we thrash and we get really intense and we say, okay, how do we execute this? And then lastly, we move into a ship stage where it doesn't, look, we've already dreamt, <laughs> we've already talked about the plan, and now we need to get this thing out the door. You need to have the baby. It can't be delayed. I mean, it is time to ship 
the product. And along this, this process, in the early phase, I always say there's no such thing as a dumb question, but even myself, if somebody asks a dumb question, it's challenging. It is in those settings. It really is. And in fact, if you've been following the news at all, you've been seeing Elon Musk has been pretty aggravated. Elon Musk is the owner of, of, of Tesla, SpaceX, and also this company called Boring. So Boring has the hyperloops that they're trying to get you from San Fran to LA in 30 minutes, right? And so he's also involved in, he has a nonprofit for artificial intelligence that's open source, that anybody can write code that, to try to protect us from being in the Terminator movie from Skynet. These are real things that are happening. What Elon has, he's gotten aggravated a little bit with the media, rightfully so. The media asks him really dumb questions. And in fact, one of the interviews recently, he said, this question is so stale. It's boring. Can we move on? And I loved it because he was raw and people are saying, oh, he, you know, he's, he's losing his mind a little bit. And he did, you know, kind of wrongfully go at the cave rescuers. If you followed this, if not, I'm sure you'll Google it later because you'll be slightly intrigued. And, um, but here's the point. He got aggravated and there's dumb questions to him. I'm convinced, though, that there's not a dumb question to God. He's way more patient. He's way more kind. And our experience in life, I think, has now created a, a chasm, if you will, created a gap to where I don't know if I can ask God questions anymore, and I'm not even sure how he talks, and I think this is one of the most confusing areas of how God works. I need a volunteer who's real strong who can lift heavy things. Who can lift real heavy things? Real strong, lift heavy things, can lift me. Who's, who can do this? So I need a volunteer. I need, you're going to hold me, so it's not going to be you. So who's who else? So uh, anybody? We got anybody strong enough? What do we got? We got, we got? we got James Jackson. Mike, you, you big enough? Come here. Wait, you, come on. Who's, who's big enough here? Got, who's got this? Tracy? Yeah, Tracy's big enough. He can give me. Who's up here? Let's go. Don't be so shy. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Raph. Thank you, Raph. Thank you, Raph. Hey, Raph, just, just, just pick me up. I'm going to be in your arms. Are we picking you up? Yeah, just pick me up. There we go. All right. Move me to my, to my, to my, to my notes here. Thanks, brother. Oh, no, no, you're going to keep me. Okay. We're going to keep this going. And, um, and uh, I think you ever heard the thing, God only helps those that help themselves? Yeah. You know what that's like? Nope. This. Mm. God only helps those who help themselves. Really? How long can you do this? About 10 more seconds. <laughs> exactly. You can let me know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Give it up for Raphael. Come on. Come on, come on. God only helps those who help themselves lie. God doesn't help those who think that they got it figured out. God helps those that know they're broken. The world came up with this phrase because somehow it's an antidote to laziness, which for sure, that's a class we all need to take, okay? But it's not a salvation class. It's not a biblical, it's not a good news, gospel-centered view. In fact, it's too heavy, Jesus says, man, cast your, uh, your, your yoke upon me, and I'll cast my yoke upon you. It'll be easy, light. A yoke being on an ox is the thing that's over their shoulder. When we have his yoke, it's light. It's not heavy. It's not heavy. Today, we have some things that are heavy. And we just want to ask God to take them away. God doesn't help those who help themselves only. He might give you, and he recognizes it, it's like, oh, they're trying, but he always loves a heart that is fully surrendered. David, he's known for prolific sin, but he's also known for having a heart for God. And I think as you see when he repents from having this horrible failure, 
he, 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 goes, he goes, first thing, I've sinned against God. And he recognized it. Okay, whoa. It's weighty. It's even, actually, it's actually heavier than the world can give you. So the things you're carrying, standing before a holy God is heavier. So to be before God with sin, I mean, that's heavier. The cool thing is, is he invites us in, in Isaiah 43, in the message one through four, it says, but now God's message, the God who made you in the first place, forever me, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name, you're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. There's this song in the Bethel that uh, came out this year, Spontaneous, uh, their worship album, and it says, in over my head. And there's this line, and she sings it. She goes, I'm beautifully in over my head. And I remember crying in in my office thinking, oh, that's me. (laughs) That's me. I am for sure beautifully in over my head. Just, it doesn't matter how deep the water is if you're drowning. So wherever you're at, if, if if it's deeper than what you're, capable of. Good news is God can fill the gap. We're beautifully in over our head. I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it, will be, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God, the holy of Israel, your savior. I paid a huge price for you, all of Egypt. With rich Cush and Suba thrown in, that's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back trade the creation just for you. Doesn't this sound like a good dad that can give you gifts and that you can ask questions with? And so so what do these gifts look like? I think the first thing is we have to understand, we have to ask really big. I think it excites God. I think faith excites God. And in fact, you see Jesus having this affinity to people that were were pretty much a little bit crazy to the social norm. You see him, Zacchaeus, they're they're bringing him in and, you know, just everything, he's up high on a tree. And Jesus noticed these moments, he, he would say either, Two phrases a lot of times. Oh, you of little faith, or wow, your faith is great. Is there something about when you trust the living king for whatever you're dealing with, when you trust God for whatever you're dealing with, and we're carrying some heavy things, I know this, okay? Um, and, and this is how it's bogging us down all the time. God wants us to ask big, and, and there's a passage in 1 Kings 3, I think, that's one of the best filters of what this feels and what this looks like. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you've chosen a great people to, this is Solomon. This is an interaction with God. Two numbered accounted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? This is profound. Because Solomon's known as one of the wealthiest and wisest people. And if you notice how he starts this, his, his regime, is he didn't start it wealthy and, 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 and wise posture. He's not asking for that kind of stuff. He's saying, I want to lead your people. Give me wisdom to lead your people, not for my benefit. How do we oftentimes start our prayers? <laughs> okay, here's what I got. Here's what I want to do. Here's where I want to go. This prayer rocked me. I was on a retreat and... Um, I went to uh, Grand Haven. It was Coast Guard weekend, July 2007. And in that weekend, we had this moment where um, 
uh, we, I say we, me and God, it, I was with nobody. And my goal to go there for the weekend was we, we had been running this rap ministry, Sounds Good. And it was Sounds Good Entertainment at the time. It was an LLC. There was no precedent for people that were doing music ministry to just as a, as a 501c3, as a nonprofit. So we didn't have a frame of reference. Felt really frustrated because for several years we'd been in the red. And what that means is every year we spent more than we brought in. And, and we kept doing it. And we, would, we had this heart where kids would come to the concerts and well, we spent a bunch of money to make the CDs, and we'd have to sell the CDs to, to, to the kids, but our heart was bigger than, than our reality, and the kids would come, and we would just give away all of our product. <laughs> we would just, boom, you can have it, you can have it, you can have it, you can have it. And then there was this moment in Grand Haven where we, I went there because I, this was my prayer. Either, God, I'm done doing it the way we have done it. Um, you're going to have to give a new idea um, or I'm just going to go serve Lecrae and carry his bags because he's doing a heck of a lot better and he's way bigger and stronger. So God, if that's what you want me to do, I'm here. Send me, okay? And up to that point, we saw a lot of people respond to the gospel. And so they'd be like, yeah, I'm in with Jesus. Forgive me my sins. But what I saw was spiritual orphans. We'd come back to the city, the same, the same city the next year, and you'd see people that weren't rooted and connected with Jesus. So this was a deep weekend, are you kidding? Trying to set the stage here. This, this was a really deep weekend. I got all of our team back home praying, okay, what's next? What's, what's God going to speak to our leader? And so the first night, I'm getting nothing. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And uh, second day, I mean, the place is packed. And there was this band. And I saw people uh, moving in the band. And this was the first nugget I got. And, you know, you had the people out front. Um, they're twirling, you know. Um, and then you got a whistleblower. And you just got the, 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 the bass and you got the, the symbols. And what, what struck me was no one was doing anything that intense. And if you've ever been around band people, they don't look like marching bands typically. Bands typically look like, yeah, keep going more. Just fill, fill. It's just nonstop. You're like, this is horrible. Can you slow down? No, I got, this is my part. And you're like, this is not tasteful. It's not tasteful. This is not good. And so band practices have been, been, been something I have not ever really been excited about. And this can go back all the way to Felix can probably remember these days when we're, when we're 15 in band practice. And everyone just wants to play. We're like, okay, when do you play? And in that moment, I looked at this band. I said, oh, they all have a role. <laughs> they're all playing their own part, but yet they're playing one song. And there was something beautiful. In fact, they would pause every once in a while and it'd grab your attention. Pause every once in a while and grab your attention. God spoke this first nugget there. And it was like the team and thinking, oh, it's way bigger than me. It doesn't matter what role we have. We all still play a part. Sounds a lot like the body of Christ, right? So that night, I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? And we're getting ready to, um, um, or I'm getting ready to, to uh, have dinner. I'm fasting up till that point. And I figure, okay, I'm going to go out, and if I'm going to break this fast, I'm going to eat salmon. Yeah, for whatever reason, this is a weird thing. I was, I'm going to eat salmon. Holy Spirit was speaking. You eat salmon. So I'm on, I'm on this is Coast Guard weekend. I serve fish, y'all. Grand Haven. I go to the restaurant, one, no salmon. You don't have salmon? No, we have tilapia. Okay, cool, I want salmon. Restaurant two, nothing. Restaurant three, nothing. I got CDs in my back pocket. I said, fine, I'm just gonna revert back to what I know. And I got CDs in my back pocket. Man, I'm gonna go witness to some kids. Walk up to these kids. I was like, hey, what's good? I was like, gave them a CD. They looked at it. They were like, ha, 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 yo, what is this? And I'm like, I was like, oh, man. And I was like fumbling over my words. I was like, all right, it's great to see you. And God spoke really loud at that moment. He's not, he goes, I'm not trying to speak through you. I'm trying to speak to you. I was like, oh, I hate that. 
And so at this point, I'm going to try one more restaurant. And I'm going to find salmon, hopefully. And I stop. There's no salmon. I'm so discouraged. There's people everywhere. This payphone starts ringing. And I figured it was God. So I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to just answer the payphone. And I'm, 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 think, I'm looking for every sign, okay? And so I pick up the payphone, and there's nothing there. I was so, I was like believing. I had faith. I was, oh, it's just, hey, Jerome, da 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 da. He was going to tell me straight from the payphone, okay? And I put the payphone down. And I'm getting ready to cross the street and super busy. You know how you got the, the, the hand for stop, and then you got the flashing. Um, it flashes when it's, you know, going to switch to the hand. So it's the walk and then the flashing. And so it was on the flashing halfway into the walk. And I'm not kidding you. I was so discouraged. I said, I'm going to go back and just wait for the next one. And I turned around, and I was going to just move right back through the crowd. This is how frustrated I was. I was I'm just going to wait again because I'm not even going to rush to walk across the street. And so I stopped. There was this little couple. They were all of five foot in, in every bit of 75 plus. And they were all of five foot and 75 plus, and they looked at me, and they bumped me, and they go, don't stop now. We're following you. You're leading us. And I was like, oh, okay. And I got across the street. I was like, oh, my bad, because I can't, you know. I mean, grandma's, she's awesome, and honor her, right? Let me help you. Can I carry you? Like, I probably could have carried them. They were tiny, petite people, and I'm fairly small, but I think I could have held them. And so we get across the street, and, uh, and I pause so loud. Don't stop now. We're following you. You're leading us. And I started to cry. I was like, thank you, God. And I got my car. I went across to the, where the hotel was, went across the street to the restaurant, and they had, they had salmon. And it was the best meal of my, night, my life. And I went back into the hotel, and I read 1 Kings 3, and I prayed Solomon's prayer. I said, God, give me a heart for your people and give me wisdom to govern them. And in just a few moments... God spoke so loud. He was like, here's how you're going to have a 501 C3. You're going to create Sounds Good. It's going to be Sounds Good Ministries. And boom, rolls that out. In fact, in fact, I don't want you to have spiritual orphans anymore. Here's a discipleship program. Uh, get rooted. And I want you to get people plugged in. So after the music stops, get disciples. I want you to build bridges between the youth and the local church. And I want you to build a studio. And he started giving the whole game plan. I stayed up all night and just boom, page after page after page after page. And then what's next? Just let it marinate for two years. We took two years off. And then in 2009, we launched in full-time, I left my job from, from one fundraising event that some of you were at, and thank you, and I, I left corporate America and became a missionary from one prayer and one crazy big ass that started with, God, just give me a heart for your people. He wasn't speaking to me before all that, but as something happened, is here's the filter, here's the point. It's the glory filter, your glory or God's glory, Right? Making music, just let's be honest, low-key, there's still some of your glory, some of my glory, and a lot of our jobs and our profession and our desires of why we want things and they even ask, that's kind of the filter. That's the filter we come and we ask God with. The filter is God, your glory. Then to ask. It does something beautiful. There's a, tra there's a, uh, like a transfer. There's a position. And, and when you ask big for God's glory, it shows how big God is. When you ask big for your glory, it shows how small you are. And the size of our ask doesn't speak to us. It speaks to the God. The size of the ask doesn't speak to the, the size of us. It speaks to the side of the one we're asking. 
That way we think what's possible and, and so how to ask him. I mean, prayer is, is just simply coming to God, entering in and saying, man, you're awesome. This is so cool. Jesus teaches us this stuff. In Matthew chapter 6, they're asking him, man, how do we pray? In verse 7, it says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases that the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Oh, that's good. And any good parent knows this. You already know what the kid's going to ask from a mile away. And it's the worst thing when they start asking for the stuff before they at least acknowledge you and kind of come in. And so Jesus gives us this template. He says, um, pray like this, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our family, we pray this every day. And you might know it in the King James or whatever, and I know it in the ESV, and we pray this every day. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that last little part, um, you, you might know, for yours is the kingdom and the glory forever. That was added later. And so that, that it's a great phrase for sure, but it's not in the original manuscripts. And so for, you know, yours is the kingdom, amen, you know, people. And uh, my grandma used to sing that. It was incredible. Something about the Lord's Prayer. When it's sung, it does something to my heart and my soul. And you see, there, there's, there's a template Jesus gives us. And number one is first enter in. You enter in. Well, yeah, our Father in heaven. I'm not even kidding you. I've missed most of that because I've always skipped right to the hell would be your name. Our Father in heaven? Whoa. This is way better than Santa. Our Father in heaven? You could just marinate on that for a long time. And then two, how would be your name? You're great. You're perfect. You're, I'm looking up. So I'm entering in and I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Whoa. You're big. You're awesome. You're forgiving. You, whoa. Merciful, steadfast, all-knowing, forgiveness, peace, healing. Whoa, you know, marvel at God in awe of him. That's what all of life does. When you marvel at how good God is, hallowed be his name. Hallowed be his name that he created designs and people that could even build a structure like this. Hallowed be his name that, that, that he's created order that we could drive on roads. Hallowed be his name that there's the sky that you can look at the stars and for infinite, you could just never be able to count them all. Hallowed be his name. Your kingdom come, we're still looking up. Your will be done. And then on earth as it is in heaven. And as we look inside, now we say, okay, give me now some of my desires. I know I need you. I'm dependent on the daily bread. So enter in, look up, and now we're looking on the inside. God for sure wants you to ask big. What's going on in your world? You need some daily bread? Anybody? You need something dealing with some issues? And then we look out. <laughs> Forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Enter in, look up, look in, look out. And so we're asking big, okay? I'm just setting the stage here. And we're going to practice this. This is a lab today. We're going to enter in to the presence of God. We're asking really, really big. But here's the crazy thing. We're going to ask again. God is okay with persistent prayer. There's this interaction uh, you see in Luke 18, and there's this parable to the effect that they all always to pray and not lose heart, and it's talking about the coming of the Lord, so to, that we're also to pr pray all the time for the Lord's return. Pray often. God, come back, come back, come back, and, and we learn in Peter that he's not come back because he's slow to come back because he wants people to come to the saving faith 
and be home in the body of Christ. So he loves lost people so much that he's even withdraw the best thing that this world has to offer. The, this best thing, that, the antidote to save the world will not be technology. It will not be good works. It will not be recycling. It will be Jesus Christ when he returns back, period. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and it will be powerful. And, and so we can bow now or bow later, but it's happening, y'all. And, but, but we're supposed to pray because we, we, we desire for the best, the kingdom, him back. And so this is, this is the, the picture that's being painted here. And here's how it's being painted. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Sounds like some of the judges, right? And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God or respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and I will not give, will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith? on earth in a very simple way widow going to somebody who doesn't care about honoring people at all but because of the persistence she gets her request and we learn how much more would god care if we just keep asking him i don't think we're supposed to get disappointed that the results don't happen we're still supposed to be active to just keep it on his attention, keep it on his radar. He wants to know that it's serious to us. He, he's not delaying. He knows perfectly the time. And in fact, he might be pruning us through that prayer. And prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. And so the delay, not getting the answer, might actually bless us more. Because if you just spoil the kid, what are a lot of rich people doing now with their kids? They're, you know, celebrities. They're not giving them anything. So the pendulum's swinging way too far because they don't want them to be spoiled little brats. <laughs> it's reading about Steve Jobs with his daughter, Lisa. I think it's Lisa. The one he, he, he said he never had. And so then he said he had her and he had one failed computer. It was Lisa. And, and he, he didn't admit that it was, the computer was named after Lisa. But, um, and, and Lisa always felt um, less than. You can imagine, right? Dad didn't have time for her and she's opening up now. She's writing about it. I think she came out with just a memoir um, online. And so as she's writing about this with her father, her father said, uh, her father had a lot of Porsches. So Steve Jobs had Porsches. And as a Porsche got scratched, he would replace it because Apple just this week became the first company to a trillion dollars. I also think it's very unique that the Apple has like a, a bite out of it. And then his next child, he named Eve. So I'm just, I don't know, I don't know. But he, he, he said that that's not true. They did not name it after that. But I think the powers that be might have. But, uh, um, <laughs> So, the logo. <laughs> Watch out. Um, did God really say? Somebody's got to read Genesis in here. That was good. <laughs> um, so she asked her dad, because she, it was common practice that dad would get a new Porsche if there was a scratch. She asked her dad, um, hey, dad, when you're done with that one, can I have it? And dad says, You'll get nothing. You'll have nothing. Quote verbatim. I couldn't help thinking. I mean, obviously, Steve Jobs is wrestling um, 
like how he fleshed out his worldview. And we're grateful for the technology he came out with, but in no stretch of imagination is he a God-fearing role model. But I, I, I could only speculate that maybe his reason was to swing the pendulum so far and recognize, like, if I gave you all this, you wouldn't be a better person, maybe, and maybe he couldn't articulate his feelings. And I think we do this sometimes with God when he's not trying to, he's not trying to stop your show. He's not trying to say you'll get nothing. In fact, he's trying to make you more like him. And he's very slow to anger. He's very patient. He's been very patient with you, hasn't he? He was very patient with me. I remember so many times I'd be like, okay, God, the next one I'll get out. <laughs> this one, if you just save me, I'm, I'm done. And I wasn't done. There'd be another time, another time, and another time. God hears your prayers. Don't give up. Helps on the way. It shows focus. So ask big and ask again. And we have a God that we can just come right up in his lap. I mean, he's a lion, y'all. He's a lion. He could kill you. He could kill me. That's real. But he lets you come up real close, get on his lap, and he carries you. There's a psalm that says, I cling to you, but your right hand upholds me. What a picture. Just picture yourself right now, clinging to God, oh, with all the issues and all the worries and all the hurt. But it's his right hand that's upholding you. That's good, y'all, right? Say right on. Amen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to close with this. Worship team, if you guys would come up, that'd be cool. And we're, uh, we're going to get a little interactive. And so catch a second breath here. Uh, the whole idea is ask big and ask again. He's a good father. If bad dads know how to give good gifts, how much more does your good dad know how to give good things to those that ask him, Right? If the bad judge listens to the widow's request over and over and then finally grants her request, how much more does God, the good judge who sits in heaven, who hears us day and night, and the Lord teaches us how to pray, enter in our Father who's in heaven, boom, we're in, hallowed be your name, I'm looking up, your kingdom come, boom, give us this day our daily bread, lead us not into temptation, looking up, looking in, I'm looking out, I'm doing this thing, I'm asking big, I'm asking again, and, and, and uh, I it makes me think of this story my good friend John Mashney told me. He told me the story of a king. And the story of a king is a, it's a really, really powerful one. Because the king made a request that's unlike any other king up before any other previous regime. And this isn't just some entry-level king. I'm talking a king that has rule over a significant amount of land and resources. Palaces upon palaces upon palaces. Rule upon rule armies upon army, and he gives out a town-wide request that any person can ask the king anything that day. And so, you guys can play anything, or maybe violin or something. Hey, there we go. God loves your mind. He also loves your emotions. He's cool with both, and so am I. Um, so we're trying to pull on both those right now. That's the point. So, the king tells his servant, all right, you screen all the requests, and as the people from the town, they're going to come in line, and they're going to give you the request, and then you're going to tell me on behalf of the person, his is, 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 is official. And first person comes and says, oh, what do you want from the king? We need food for my family. Oh, awesome. They want food for their family. Granted. Second person comes up, oh, yes, we need medicine because my family's sick. Oh, 
They want medicine because their family's sick. Granted. Next person comes up. I just need a job. I really, really, really like to work for the king and in the king's They need a job. Granted. This person comes up looking kind of bummy. Like, hey, I'd like my own palace and to be right with the king all the time. He's not going to grant that. King sees this interaction from a distance. He says, hey, wait, 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 wait. What's he saying? Not, nothing, nothing. It's too big. You don't want to hear it. No, no, no. What, what is it? He wants a palace and he wants to hang out with you all the time. Granted. The king's servant looks at, what? Why would you grant that? And they have a, you know, kind of a little meeting on the side. He goes, that was the first person who made me feel like a king. When's the last time we actually let God feel like a king? I want to pray really big things. I want to think really big dreams. I want to believe that God can save the whole city. I want to believe that he can heal every person in this place right now. I'm so sick of seeing another person shot, another person dropping out of school. I'm so sick of it. I want to play bigger things. And I just kind of, oh, this is it. Got to deal with it. Well, not if I know I'm in Christ and my heart is for his glory, then I can ask really, really big. I can ask really big if that's where I'm coming in. You can't ask really big if it's about you. Have fun with that one. That's the echo prayer. God, I would like a yacht. Yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> they'll get it later. You start saying, hey, God, I want to serve people no matter where they're at. Ho, ho. Hey, and God, I need some resources for that. Bow. He does it like that. But, but he wants to know if you're really going to come to the show. Like, you can talk real big. Hey, I'm going to use this. I hear, you know, sometimes I'm going to use my house to serve people. Remember, we've built our house and we built it so it could be a place of ministry. And we didn't get the ministry phase done yet in our house. There was a couple years into it. Finally, Crystal and I looked at each other. We said, okay, if we don't build the phase of ministry here, if this is not a place of ministry, we need to sell this house right now because this is, this is pathetic. This is not why we built this place. And um, we, we had a meeting and we said, okay, we're going to break ground at, at redeveloping it and getting uh, all the music material and getting uh, offices. And we're going to get this ready. And we're going to just think crazy right now because we can't take anymore. We're not sitting on this house to have a house. We don't just want a house. And that's no offense to people who have a house. We're totally cool with that. But God didn't tell us to have a house. He told us to create a ministry center, okay? Completely different game plan. And, and so we, in this moment, we're, we're at the edge of our cell, at the edge of our seat. We, we have this prayer meeting and we decide we're going to break ground, if you will, on the ministry phase of it. We break ground, and it was that week somebody saw me shooting a basketball, and they said, hey, I recognize that jump shot anywhere, because so many of them were going in, and they were like, yo, it was, it's incredible. They go, hey, hey, tell me about the ministry. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, what dreams do you have in your heart? I'll send you them this week. Okay, great. Sent the request so big. They were like, hey, we want to write the check for the whole thing, and then that week after we broke ground, Somebody wrote a check for 50 grand. And I'll be honest, that was just the beginning. Like if somebody wrote a check today here for 50 grand or if they said, okay, does that solve everything? We have multi-million dollar dreams. We're just trying to be faithful with the dollars and the pennies today. We do. And we won't stop until God makes all things new. We believe in this city. We believe in this region. And we're going to now ask big and we're going to ask again. 
And when you ask, you can ask at any time. So we're gonna ask today. We have this policy with my kids. If I'm in a meeting in my office downstairs, that they can come in at any given time. This has worked against me many times. So if you're in a deep meeting and someone's crying, it's like, oh my God. And then my kid's like, hey, what up, dad? Can I get this? But I want them to know the principle is this, that no matter what meeting I'm in, that Jerome, Justice, Giselle, Kingston, and Neil, that they can come in and ask at any time from their king. They can ask big, they can ask bold, they can do that kind of thing. And I know this is, I even feel it in the room a little bit. I feel the Spirit saying, I know it sounds so difficult, it feels so timid because it's like you're not honoring God. You, you honor God a lot. Maybe you're the hallowed be your name person. Cool, cool. And he's also saying, let's get to business, let's do some work, let's get messy. Let's talk about your dreams, your desires. Is he not the intimate Abba God too? Right? He's not dude man, he's not Jesus is your homeboy for sure, he's not that. Okay, I'm like Jesus is my bro. That's not, but there is both. There's man reverence and intimacy in relationship. Feel like a king. We're gonna ask today. We're gonna ask some really big things. Um, first I wanna, if you would be willing, Emily. I just thought this would be fitting today. If you'd come up on stage, please. Um, and we got you a gift, but before we give the gift, I, you can come over here. And not everybody here knows your story. And I didn't even ask you if I could do this, but I'm, I'm withdrawn from the relationship equity, okay? <laughs> so I, hopefully I was in the positive. And maybe this brings me to the negative, or maybe it brings me higher. I'm not sure either one, but I'm okay with it. It's, uh, and... You're in your second round of treatment for cancer. In the first round, um, they found uh, there was no more cancer after it all. We had a party, we celebrated, we cheered, and then when we're getting ready to go on retreat and some of the guys and fellows of us, you text that week and you say, hey, you know, the reports, uh, they, they found different, you know, growing cancer. And I'm gonna have to go through a whole round again, don't worry, and you just put on the, the, the the superhero face you are and you start loving others and don't think about me and don't worry and and uh and you're just a superhero and um but when we were hanging out we had a, we had a date together in our couple's uh night and eating ice cream was fun but you were just saying i mean i didn't realize you were having treatment every single day so in my mind i'm thinking oh she's having treatment once a week it must be hard and horrible but you guys have been driving every single day uh what was the day you guys started um I mean, long time, two, three months. I mean, this is, yeah, and it, and it ends this week. So six weeks of driving every day to Ann Arbor to get treatment, and, uh, and that's not easy. And then showing up every Sunday, showing up at work, and, um, and so we're asking big today that God will heal you. We're asking so big that God will heal you. That, and, 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 and if there's anybody else, like, I believe this, that, that we can ask big enough that, that God can heal you. And if you're at wherever you're at, maybe you'll stand. Will you just get crazy? You can stand. And if you find somebody standing, if you need healing, like just stand. And we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to lay hands on Emily. And, um, and, and so it's cool. Yeah, amen. Somebody lay hands on them. And you don't have to be, yep, you don't have to be some pro, pro prayer. And uh, Tracy, if you want to come up here, you can. But I wanted to be sensitive to you. I understand. Yes, sir. Um, Jesus, God, we ask big right now and we ask again. We ask big and we ask again that you would heal Emily. God, you purchased healing. 
supernaturally through your mysterious will that's amazing. It's your will to heal everyone, but how it fleshes out is, is beyond us. But God, we have the faith right now. We believe. Holy Spirit, will you fill her up? God, fill her, fill her spirit up. Not just physical healing, but emotional healing. This is heavy. This is weighty. This is a lot to carry. Jesus, have your way. We believe you. We trust you. We thank you. Use Emily. Um, give her a heart to, like never before, to lead your people. Give her wisdom beyond her own understanding that her story would be used for your glory. In Jesus' name, bless her, heal her. We believe it. We see it. We see her having fun for years to come. We see her investing in people. We see her loving her kids. We see her loving her grandkids. God, we're just seeing the story. We're dreaming big right now. God, we know you're a good God. You're a good dad. And we can ask and we can come up in your arms. And right now, we pray that the Holy Spirit would fill and invade Emily right now. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you. a gift from Santa. Um, uh, we're going to keep asking. And so I want to I want to ask big today. Uh, may, maybe somebody here wants to write the, the check for Love the City truck. Man, I'm just asking big. Just just write the check. Uh, maybe somebody wants to write the check for the Love the City week. That's 20 grand. Um, I'm asking big. Um, I'm asking big right now that Jesus, you will um, change the graduation rates in Lansing that we're um, one of the major cities that has the highest graduation rate in the whole world. I pray people come to Lansing and they ask us how you're doing it. I pray we're known for love. I pray that businesses make Lansing their home. Um, I'm, we're praying big right now that all things new will be a mantra, that, that people will know that they can be made brand new. They can have hope in life and love in this city and in this region. I pray that right now we would dream so big that when Jesus comes back, He'll come back first to Lansing because he says that's my favorite place with my favorite people and my favorite church. And he's just right. He's so excited about that. We're asking so big right now. Uh, he, he feels like a king. We're asking so big that, that he'll, uh, he'll grow staff here. He'll give us the resources that will be faithful and will continue to grow to, to community center and beyond. That God will raise up block pastors that will be in every poverty neighborhood in this city. We're dreaming for that uh, above and beyond. We pray that God will, uh, that he'll do music through this place that will set people free. There'll be songs of deliverance and, and uh, art, art will, will just flourish here. We pray that people would know their giftings and that the dream team would be overflowing. We're believing that right now. We pray that this 10 a.m. service will be filled because more people need to hear about Jesus and you need to invite somebody next week. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish to share it with somebody else. We're asking big. I'm asking big right now. You, maybe you want to join the dream team. I'm asking today that today's your day. You, you are meant to serve. We feel most alive when we serve others. God, people, and we feel most alive. That today's your day. I know you've been sitting in the, you can, you can stay and wait forever, but today I'm asking big, will you come and join the dream team? Man, can you see yourself on a team uh, a couple times a month serving people? That would be crazy. I'm asking big for that. I'm asking big after the second service that there's get connected. And I'm going to ask again. So next week when you come, I'm going to ask again, okay? And so there's Get Connected after the second service. We got food. And if you want to hear the story of City Life and you want to learn how you can be a part, well, today is your day. Just go get a coffee and be right back. Or even better, stay for the second service and worship twice. I'm going to tell you this. When I was changing my life, I used to stay at church all the time. 
Like you can say anything you want. But I was a church boy. I don't care. I didn't, people thought I was nuts. I was telling Javon about this, like, because I was saved from the world, and here I am showing up at church. I'm driving an 86 Dodge Aries, and people are like, oh, man, he used to be doing some, you know, they got that kind of stuff. I didn't even care. I'm front row, whatever, stand up, pray. I didn't care. Get right in my car, go home. Wasn't high maintenance. Come right back. When's the next church service? Blah, blah, blah. Where do you serve? It, because I was so desperate for everything that God had for me. That's the only place I knew, right? So God doesn't just work in the building, okay? You got to hear that loud and clear. But we're asking big, aren't we? We're asking big today. And these are just the beginning. I'm asking big for my home, my own personal life, and I'll save that for this next part. And here's your turn. Here's your turn. What are you asking big for? Hopefully that whets your appetite. Question. Maybe today you'll ask God, who are you? Maybe you ask a, a great question too. God, who am I? We've been working on our identity statements. God, who am I? Maybe you'll ask a question. God, what do you want me to do and live this out? What are the issues I've been carrying and how I felt heavy? God, how can I give this to you? Maybe there's a decision you need. How, um, is that my, that's my mic? Is. We get to the end of ourselves, and then we finally ask God. And this is played out as comical as looking for a parking spot. I remember being so frustrated driving around. And I was like, God, fine, please just let me find a parking spot. I opened my eyes, the lady's like, she's backing out, right? You can say it's coincidence, but I don't think so. I think God knew in his infinite sovereignty that he knew in that moment, he's gonna ask me, watch, because <laughs> he's beyond space and time, y'all, okay? He's beyond space and time. And so he, uh, he, he knows how to do this thing a lot. So we're gonna enter in, we're gonna look up, we're gonna look in, we're gonna look out, and we're gonna worship. And we're gonna stand, and maybe you feel comfortable, ask big, shout, I don't know. Let, you're, you believe your voice over anybody else. So when you wake up and you say things like, oh, I can't do it, or today's gonna be hard, Whoa, amazing prophecy. You can't do it and today was hard, right? But when you wake up and you say, man, today could be hard. I can't do it, but God, you can and you're great. It was so amazing in the car ride. I was feeling a little just, just like, ah, I, I want a cup of coffee. Let me put it that way. And, and we just went around the car and we said, man, we're going to thank God. Let's thank God. And all the kids, we started thanking God. It was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And, and uh, Giselle had her hand up. I said, yeah, Giselle, you're doing it. She was like, no, I'm just trying to see my shadow, right? I was like, well, no. And, uh, and then Kingston, he put his hand out. I was like, yeah, Kingy Bear, you're doing it. You're worshiping. And then and Neil goes like this. He goes, I'm doing a small one. And he goes like this. And I was like, yeah, for the small one. And we just had to do it. Right? We just had to push through. Sometimes you got to push through. You think athletes always feel like it? Come on, y'all. No. So today, will you stand as we close in worship? Will you ask God? Will you ask big and ask again? Maybe you sing, maybe you cry, maybe you come up front, grab somebody if you need help, if you need prayer. Let's get real, let's get raw, and let's go all in to a great, great God. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city, one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.